This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's February 26th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, developing news about a woman in Georgia who was murdered last week by an illegal alien. We're going to talk about what happened, what we know about this illegal, plus what you can do to prevent this from happening to you. Second, Worlds are colliding this morning between fake news and the AI revolution. We are going to talk about how a Google product has a deeply anti-white and pro-democrat bias and why that is so very important to all of us, no matter our party or the color of our skin. Third, we've got a range of updates from previous briefs to discuss. We go from Sweden to Kiribati, from those farmer protests in Europe to some good news about how to combat loneliness. And here's a hint, grab your sneakers. But before we get to that happy and very good news, let's get to our top story of the morning. And fair warning, my friends, this is not a happy piece of news at all. And yet it is so vitally important for us to talk about. Last Thursday, a woman in Georgia was murdered by an illegal alien. He is from the country of Venezuela. 22-year-old student Lakin Riley was found dead in a forested area off a jogging trail near the University of Georgia. That is in the city of Athens. She was murdered by a man named Jose Antonio Ibarra. He is an illegal alien who crossed the border in Texas back in September of 2022. He was then processed and released by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials under the humanitarian uh, policies adopted by Joe Biden and his DHS secretary, Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas. And they did so because the illegal alien claimed that he had credible fear of being persecuted if he were to be returned to Venezuela. Now, as listeners know, that is a common lie told by asylum seekers. They are coached to say it by cartel members or migrant NGOs, all to stay or remain in the United States. And so that is precisely what he did. The illegal then traveled with his wife and young son to New York City. She, by the way, issued a statement over the weekend saying that she was shocked at the charges, although local media officials and outlets in New York City report that this guy was actually arrested in, well, at least once for endangering his five-year-old son. Plus, he was driving without a license. At the time, he was working for an online delivery service. He later split up with his wife, and he left New York City and joined his brother in the state of Georgia, who, by the way, is also an illegal alien. The brother, by the way, was also arrested over the weekend for possession of a fake green card. Local police officials say that the brother also has a long criminal history as well. The brothers ended up in Georgia, by the way, because they chose one of the state's sanctuary cities. The four include Atlanta, Clarkston, Decatur, and the one they chose, Athens. As of this hour, we don't know why the illegal alien chose Miss Riley to kill. She was out by herself on an afternoon jog when she was jumped and apparently drug off into the woods where she was murdered. 
Local police officials think, though, it was a crime of opportunity, meaning that the illegal didn't target the victim for any specific reason other than a random attack for perhaps money or a sexual assault. Nevertheless, the Venezuelan illegal is now charged with murder, kidnapping, and a series of other charges. One final related piece of news, I think. As the murder was happening last Thursday, about 1,800 miles away outside of the city of Tucson, Arizona, an area nonprofit was captured on film propping open a border fence so that more illegals could come into this country. The group is called the Tucson Samaritans. Representative Tom Tiffany is calling for an investigation into this group. They, by the way, claim that they offer only humanitarian services. But uh, on video anyway, it appears that they are opening the gates quite literally to more men to come into this country, just like Mr. Jose Antonio Ibarra, the murderer from Venezuela. So those are the latest facts and data out of Georgia this morning. Let me offer you my analysis and opinion. Well, this is a very dark day, and our hearts break for the victim and her family and her friends. I think that most of us are outraged about this news because it was totally preventable. The Biden White House and their fellow Democrats could have chosen to militarize the border years ago and gained operational control, but they didn't. Also, they could have, and still could, investigate and shut down nonprofits like this Tucson outfit that are actively destroying or weakening the border. But Biden's team has not and will not prosecute them. And because of those political choices, all by the Democrat Party, a very beautiful young lady, Lakin Riley, is dead. Murdered in her own country while jogging by an illegal alien that should have either been blocked from entry or deported after one of his previous arrests. So as Miss Riley's family and friends begin the long journey of mourning, the, the question I think becomes, what does her murder mean for the rest of us, for America? Well, on one hand, Democrats and activists for illegal aliens say this morning that incidents like this are rare. They point to data that suggest illegal aliens don't commit crimes at higher rates than native-born Americans, but that, that I got to tell you, is deeply contested. But nevertheless, Democrats still insist that the overall homicide numbers in America are actually quite low, certainly as compared to the era between the mid-1960s to the 1990s. And that likely is true. But on the other hand, what is very clear is that Miss Lakin Riley is dead, and she shouldn't be, and wouldn't be, had Mr. Biden and his party actually secured the border and deported illegals back home. Equally, what is clear is that America has never seen a migrant invasion like this before. Over 7 million illegals, just like this Jose Antonio Ibarra, have come into this country with Mr. Biden's effective blessing. So taken together, I think that that means that we are in uncharted waters. So based on that, what does this mean? Are we at the beginning of, say, a, a migrant crime wave, whether that include murders or more property or retail crime? And if so... What do we do about that? Well, let's do a quick refresh of what we know. New York City's mayor and the police chief have both said that their city is awash with crime. Awash is their word, specifically crimes committed by illegal migrants. That is in addition to the South American crime rings that we have discussed, plus the influx of those Venezuelan gang members, a part of the Tren de Aragua. So it's fair to say that we are getting some very early indicators that yes, we are at the beginning of a crime wave caused by illegals. But layered on top of that are two other factors that will likely make this worse. First, 
America is experiencing an increase in property crime and retail theft across the board. We first talked about this back on October 6th, but as folks will probably recall, the criminals responsible for this increase in both retail crime and property theft, it goes well beyond illegal aliens. In short, there is a breakdown of the American family with too many single parents raising too many boys that are becoming wild and unruly, especially black and brown kids. Second, we know that the American justice system is increasingly led by what we call George Soros DAs. They don't want to lock up criminals. They believe in something called restorative justice. They want to put these folks back out on the streets, especially for those criminals who are black or brown. In other words, you were already talking about a society that was at high risk for instability or increasing criminality because of either broken families or a broken justice system. And to that, we're adding fuel to the fire in the form of 7 million unvetted illegals who, by the way, have little to no money or skills. So that's why I assess that this murder of Miss Riley is but one of many to come. The same is true of property crime and retail theft driven by illegals in part, but not in full. So if that is true, how does one survive and thrive in this kind of America? Well, let's think of an analogy to help us. Let's imagine that America is a set of cities that sits below a dam. And that dam has just been breached with floodwaters rushing into the valleys and the hills below. To figure out who will get hit the hardest, you have to know your individual flood risk, as it were. You need to know if your community or your home are in one of those low-lying areas. But how should you judge your individual flood risk? Well, there are various ways to do this, but for starters, I'd offer you three things. First, determine whether you live in a sanctuary city or state. To figure that out, I've got a link to the data on that in the transcripts. Second, ask if your local or state legal system is led either by a Democrat or a Soros DA. Again, there's a link to that in the transcripts. Third, determine whether your community is in or near an area with a disproportionate number of single parents. Again, the links to that are in the transcripts. Once you put those three categories of data together, call it your threat matrix, you can then weigh your relative flood risk. And then you have a choice. You can either stay in high-risk areas or flee to higher ground. Both of those choices can be viable, by the way. To the former, when I lived abroad in countries that were falling apart under the weight of criminality, residents who did choose to stay did a few things to survive. For instance, they and their neighbors banded together and paid for armed guards. They also built massive walls around their homes. Next, they bought weaponry of all kinds and learned how to safely store and use them. Also, they built safe rooms or safe zones inside of their houses. Those involve solid metal doors next to the bedrooms or wall materials that can stop bullets. And when people would leave their homes, they understood that they were at their most vulnerable, especially when they were driving or walking out alone. So many neighborhoods would actually build outdoor areas or rec centers that were under constant armed guard. So that's how people survive and thrive in high threat environments. Not a lot of fun, but people do it every day. But if you don't want to live in one of those high threat flood zones, as it were, you can flee to higher ground. And finding those safe zones comes down to exploring the links that I mentioned in the threat matrix. But just to emphasize, even if you look at that data, it's not about totally avoiding the flood. Rather, it's about maximizing the chances that you will miss the most damaging effects. Because folks, no matter where you live this morning, 
this dam breach and the flood, it's going to hit everybody. And that's modern America. It's a country that requires us now to be very careful and very calculated about where and how we live. But I want to underline a constant message that I share with you. This can all be changed and fixed. It's going to take years, decades probably, and a new set of politicians with a serious set of spines. But that means that it's going to take us, voters, to make sure that we get to our local elections and we fix what we can, including choosing better DAs, mayors, governors that all share our values. And yes, at the federal level, it will require a new president. We need a new person in the Oval Office that understands that we have got to gain operational control of the border or this country will perish. And along with it, people will perish, like Miss Lakin Riley, a young woman who should be here this morning studying to become a nurse. Instead, her family is planning her burial. That, by the way, will be held on March 1st. May her memory be a blessing and her soul rest in peace. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. We'll be right back. About two months ago, we talked about the big financial fight with Russia and how that could badly affect the status of the U.S. dollar. Well, it's looking like that fight is going to get really nasty with global ramifications for the dollar and probably your pocketbook. So if you're looking for ways to diversify your investments, folks, consider physical gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold. They are the precious metal dealer that I use and trust. When you give them a call, they will explain how to protect your savings and retirement accounts all by purchasing physical gold and silver. And by the way, feel comfortable using American Hartford Gold. They have a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. So either give them a call at 866-353-2694. That's 866-353-2694. Or just text them. Text right to 65532. That's easy. Again, W-R-I-G-H-D. Text that to 65532. And when you do, they are going to give you up to $5,000 of free silver for your first order, depending on your total purchase. So again, give them a call. 866-353-2694 or text my last name W-R-I-G-H-D to 65532. And folks, buy that physical gold and silver with American Hartford Gold. Well, I don't know what special magic they put in Super Beats Heart Chews, but I am loving it. Just two little chews a day, and I get a shot of energy that I need, plus performance and endurance. But most especially, I get that heart-healthy energy that is so critical for me. And that's been true since I started with these Super Beats Chews just a couple of months ago. No pills to swallow, no ingredients to mix, just two little chews at breakfast, and I'm set. Also, this is great. If you pair Super Beats with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in these chews are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. So do what I did. Go to GetSuperBeats.com, that is B-E-E-T-S.com, and use promo code RIGHT. That'll get you a 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews for free and 15% off your first order. So go to GetSuperBeats.com, use that promo code RIGHT, and get yourself that heart-healthy energy that you need and support for healthy blood pressure too. You are going to be so glad you did. 
Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards developments that bring together our briefs on fake news and the AI revolution. It centers on an AI product called Gemini. That was released by Google about two weeks ago as an update. Well, by midweek last week, users of this updated AI tool put it to the test. They asked it to produce images of different kinds of people. For example, they wanted to see a founding father of America or a Viking warrior from Scandinavia or maybe a Nazi soldier from World War II. Well, Google's Gemini program did it. It produced images, all right, but uh, not exactly what you would expect, such as the founding father was black. It refused, by the way, to show one who was white. Or those Viking warriors of Scandinavia, those were made to look Hispanic or female. Also, the Nazi fighters, uh, those were turned into Asians for some reason. At first, Google defended this updated product. They said that Gemini had a diverse global user base and that the pictures needed to be diverse. Quote, that's generally a good thing, end quote. But by Thursday, things went from bad to worse. For example, Gemini refused to produce images of a white pope, but it had no problem creating a black or brown or popes of whatever other color. It also refused to produce images that were critical of China or the Communist Party. Shockingly, though, it was quite happy to provide a thoughtful reply when asked about pedophilia. It called pedophiles minor attracted people and that those attractions couldn't be controlled and folks like that uh, should not be judged for it. Well, that takes us to Friday when Gemini was asked if there was a difference between people like Adolf Hitler and conservative activists or guys like Elon Musk. Gemini said it could not and that doing so was just too darn complicated. And that is why, by Friday night, corporate leaders at Google decided to pause Gemini's AI generation and responses. Quote, Gemini is built as a creativity and productivity tool, and it may not always be reliable. It's clear in this case that the responses got it wrong, and we are continuing to improve our systems. End quote. But that begs the question, why did Gemini get it wrong? Well, to talk about that, let's break away now from facts and data to my analysis and opinion. So let's start with something that you might not know. Google's programmers and software developers give anywhere from 80 to 94% of their political cash to one party. It is the Democrats. So let me give you one example of uh, one of these Googlers and their major political bias. A senior leader named Jen Janai. She is on video speaking about the importance of anti-racism, DEI programs, and advancing the career of black and brown employees over white employees. She said that that is central to the development of AI products like Gemini. She's also on video talking about how Google can actually use its market power and its tech capabilities to ensure that Donald Trump never wins back the White House. And that might seem a little crazy or hyperbole, until you consider this. Google controls about 82% of the world's search engine results. And that is important. As we discussed last July, when we were talking about fake news, whoever controls the truth or defines it, they control power. And that, I think, is what's happening here. Like all big tech companies, they are designing these AI systems based on their values. Not facts, not data, not logic or reason, but their values which in this case, all lean hard to the left. 
think of it this way. Kids learn from their parents and teachers, and they are deeply influenced by whatever those adults tell them. They often copy, mimic, or otherwise come to understand good from bad based on those adults and their learning model. And AI systems are no different. At Google, Gemini's learning model and its parents and teachers, if we can say it that way, are almost exclusively leftists. And naturally, that is why Gemini is going to pump out leftist opinion, insisting, though, that it is fact. So that's why I'm skeptical that Google is going to fix this problem, because it's not a problem, at least from the perspective of Google employees. They operate in an ecosystem of talent that thinks that, well, there is only one right political direction, but 94% of the time, that is towards the Democrat Party. And that's why it is so darn important to keep our eyes on this and uh, some competing AI tools like Elon Musk's Grok. That one promises to be neutral or anti-woke, which, based on my limited use of it, seems pretty accurate. The bottom line, folks, is this is not just about Google or even AI. This is ultimately about a story of what is truth, who gets to decide it, and then who gets to control global power. And that's pretty important any time of the year, but especially right now, as we head into the U.S. presidential campaign starting this spring, all the way through next fall. With that, let's take one more break this morning when we come back. Quick updates from America and around the world on news that we've been watching over the past few months. We'll be right back. El Paso, Texas, Middlesex, North Carolina, Chicago, Illinois, Three different cities, ladies and gentlemen, with one thing in common. They all have factories that make clothes for American Giant. Yes, it is the company that is revitalizing the American textile industry, but perhaps more importantly, it can revitalize your spring wardrobe. Huh, they did mine. And that's because they've got jackets, jeans, t-shirts, socks. I also just got one of their polos and a light spring sweater. And every time I wear American Giant, I know that I'm wearing something special. I feel the quality, I feel the durability, and I know about the pride that goes into each and every piece of clothing that they sell. I promise you, folks, these are the products that will last you for years. It's not the foreign stuff that might cost less, but that stuff falls apart in no time flat. So do what I do. Go to American-Giant.com, and when you do, you are going to find a closet staple for every part of your spring wardrobe, and get 20% off, by the way, your very first order when you do this. Just use that promo code right at checkout. Again, folks, American-Giant.com, promo code right W-R-I-G-H-T, and you're going to get your 20% off. So let's do it. Let's get this country going again, and let's make America giant. A few weeks ago, I first told you about BubsNaturals.com. They are best known for their collagen peptides. That's a powder that you put in your daily beverage, and I do. Bub's Collagen helps with muscle recovery and joint health. And that's why I take this stuff because I have beat up my body doing all sorts of silly spy stuff in years gone by. But this is also a product, folks, that helps you with great hair, skin, nails, plus your gut health too. Also, I use Bub's Naturals for their hydration packs. Those are loaded with electrolytes that I use in the morning and the afternoon to both start my day and keep me going strong. So folks, go to bubsnaturals.com. And when you buy from Bubs, make sure that you use promo code RIGHT and you are going to get 20% off your first order. Again, that is BubsNaturals.com, promo code RIGHT, W-R-I-G-H-T. And trust me, folks, your joints and your skin are going to be so happy you did this. And I tell you earnestly, I guarantee it. 
Welcome back to The Right Report with quick updates from America and around the world about news that we've been covering over these past few months. First, we start in Sweden. The National Police Commission of that country announced on Friday that 62,000 people are part of the criminal gang networks that are terrorizing that country, and almost all of them are migrants or asylum seekers from the Middle East or North Africa. We spoke of this issue back on September 29th with the prime minister of that country delivering a speech to the nation about the Arab and North African immigrants who were destroying the country. Well, on Friday, the Swedish police gave us an update about how bad this problem is. 62,000 people are in gangs, resulting in nine times more deadly shootings in Sweden than in Norway, Denmark, and Finland combined. Also, police said that Sweden saw a record number of attacks involving bombs and explosives last year, again, almost all from migrants. So I'll keep my eyes on this for you, as I think it helps us understand and debate whether migrants are either a net benefit to society or a net burden. Next, we stop in the Pacific Island nation of Kiribati, which you may remember used to be called the Gilbert Islands in decades gone by. Well, last May, we spoke of this absolutely beautiful tropical country, complete with 33 small islands and some beautiful little atolls. Unfortunately, though, all that beauty is being gobbled up by the influence and control of China. And that is especially bad in this case because Kiribati is relatively close to Hawaii, certainly as compared to other island nations that we have discussed in our battle for the Pacific. And that quick refresh takes us to the update. The Chinese government is now confirmed to be operating a police station on one of the islands in very quiet cooperation with the Kiribati government. Island leaders denied that this is true, but Reuters news service and the Chinese embassy itself confirmed it. Yes, there is a Chinese police station on one of the islands. It keeps watch of Chinese nationals or threats to the Chinese Communist Party. And that will not come as a surprise to you. We have seen this around the world and in America. There are secret Chinese police stations and mafia figures who act as the, the heavy hammer to kill, kidnap, or otherwise assault ethnic Chinese nationals that dare to not do exactly as they are told by the powers back in Beijing. More to come. Third, some relatively good news out of Europe this morning with those farmer protests that we've been discussing. The European Commission has agreed to roll back or otherwise limit some of the rules, regulations, and red tape that farmers have been pretty angry about. Late last week, authorities announced that in addition to the reduction of the overall bureaucracy, farmers and ranchers are not going to have to face as many audits or visits by government workers. You see, in the past, the, these guys would often stop by the farms and ranches to make sure these farmers and ranchers were following the rules. Well, after this agreement, those visits will be reduced by 50%. We'll see if that or other reforms actually address the ultimate farmer concerns. I should tell you that there were more protests over the weekend, certainly and specifically in France. But then again, in France, they protest about, well, anything. Nevertheless, I'll keep an eye on it. Finally, a study of hope and solutions about something that's pretty tough to deal with, actually, and that's loneliness. So here's the story. Over the past 20 years, there's been increasing scholarship and data about how Americans are feeling really disconnected from each other and socially isolated. There are all kinds of implications of that from poor health to actually a bigger gap between the poor and the wealthy. But this latest study was focused on how we can improve our feelings of loneliness, especially as we get older. Researchers in Germany explored the role of exercise, trying to see if the biochemical and physiological reactions to exercise might help us 
well, feel a little less lonely. And the upshot is, yes, the more that you exercise, the less lonely you feel. And here's the great part. It doesn't take a lot. Even a brisk walk every day will do it. Another study, by the way, recently showed that even weekend warriors who only get exercise once or twice on a Saturday or a Sunday, those folks benefit as well, especially when it comes to weight loss. So if you're looking for another motivator to just get going, or maybe you're feeling a little blue, a little lonely, well, grab your sneakers. And while you're at it, wave at a neighbor. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.